Welcome to Dodgers Daily. Casey Porter here. So glad that you decided to tune in on this Friday evening, the evening after Yoshinobu Yamamoto decided to sign with the Dodgers. It has been an offseason to remember, one that is very historic, no doubt about it. And it started with Shohei Otani, then Tyler Glass now, then Manny Margot, and then Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yesterday, last night, as a matter of fact, we went on live. Appreciated the big crowd that we had last night for Dodgers Dogs. I'm Casey Porter, so glad that you decided to tune in. Welcome again to Dodgers Dogs as part of the Dodgers Daily Network as we approach Christmas. It has been a giving season. If you are a Los Angeles Dodgers fan, no doubt about that. So super excited about where the Dodgers are headed. We have an exciting show for you tonight. Cody Snavely of Dodgers Beat. Cody Snavely of the Los Bleed Los podcast. And then also the Diamond Club. Had a conversation with him. We're going to play that. We're going to talk to Cody about what he thinks about the offseason for the Dodgers so far. Where he thinks the Dodgers are headed. Hopefully we can get a good lobby and a lot of good talk. Dodgers talk tonight. Want to remind everybody that that GoFundMe account is right there. I'm getting ready to pin that here in just a second. But it's that first comment here in the comment section, that GoFundMe account, if you would like to, to donate 50 cents, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you would like, anything and everything would be appreciated. Again, Dodgers Dogs is part of the Dodgers Daily Network. We'll remain free, no doubt about it. We will keep doing this forever for absolutely free. So, so obviously no obligations there. No big deal either way. Hopefully we have a great crowd tonight. Good evening, Roy. And yes, we are cooking, no doubt about it. We need to go for Lazardo. Roy is bringing the fastballs. He's bringing the heat right off of the bat. Good evening, Roy. I love the fact that you came out swinging for Dodgers Dogs tonight. Roy says we need to go for Lazardo and Randy Arozarena. Okay, so both of those guys would be in trades. So the problem with that is you're going to have to give up almost all of your prospect capital. You can't give up all of your prospect capital because I mentioned, you know, just last night and I've mentioned several different times before, if you look at how this is going to set up, you're, you need about 800 innings, maybe 850, maybe as many as 900 innings from your starting pitchers. And if you look at Walker Bueller, expect about 100 out of him. You can expect maybe 125 out of Tyler Glass now, 130. Let's say at the top end, that's 130, 230 right there. Then you look at Yamamoto, let's say he gives you 150, best case scenario. Okay, there is 380 right there. And then your your last pitcher in that equation, let's see, you got Yamamoto, you got Glass now, oh, Bobby Miller, you got Bobby Miller right there. There, so Bobby Miller, let's say 130 from him, 130 from Glass. Now there's 260, 150 from Yamamoto. There is, uh, there is what 410, and then you have the last one from Bueller. There's 510. So right there, you have plenty of innings to give. So really, you're going to have to have Nick Frasso. You're going to have to have eventually probably River Ryan, Landon Knack, Kyle Hurt. Those guys are going to have probably 200. More than likely, 250, maybe as many as 300 innings that they are going to have to cover for you this year. So you can't give up every single one of them. You can't just go and say, here's Nick Frosso, here is Landon Knack, here's Kyle Hurt, here is River Ryan. You can't just say, here's all these guys, give me Randy Arozarena, 
because if you did that, then you don't have all of the the the, the depth that you're going to need on the pitching staff. So the Dodgers squarely, in my opinion, Roy, I love the fact that you're swinging. I just don't think they have the prospect capital to go get Lazardo, who's going to take a haul. He has three years of team control still left. He's left-handed. He's very good. The Miami Marlins have no real reason to deal him. So just kind of my point on that is it would take a haul to get him. Then it would take just a historic haul to get a Rosarina too. So you're going to have to get one through free agency and one through trade. So which one do you want? Do you want another pitcher through trade or do you want an outfielder through trade? I think you're going to have to make that decision. And I think the best outfielders could be had by trade, which takes you back the free agency route pitching-wise, which, again, if you go to the the title of this podcast, Giolito, is he next? I think everything screams Giolito. I think he would sign with the Dodgers on a one-year show-me type contract. He made $10 million last year. I think the Dodgers could offer him something similar to what they offered Noah Syndergaard just about 366 days ago today. Offer him something similar to that. Hopefully, Giolito can can get in there and be what we hoped Noah Syndergaard was going to be last year and be that number five that can give you maybe a four, maybe a, a four five zero ERA and eat 140, 150 innings. And then really, we talked about it. You know, the NLDS is a three-game series. If you sweep that, you're, that's probably going to be Glass now. That's probably going to be Yamamoto and Bueller. You don't even really even get to that fifth starter until you get into the seven-game series. And then even at that, the way that they spread it out with the, the, the TV and the playoffs, I'm not sure you will use five starters in a playoff scenario. So literally, literally all you need from a fifth starter, in my opinion, is a guy that can just be average at the major league level, even maybe a little bit below average, as long as he actually gives you a whole bunch of innings. Because then at that point, I still think, I did the math, I still think there's 200, 250 innings for the young pitchers and the prospects from there. So Lucas Giolito, if you went and got him, you don't need him necessarily to be a playoff guy. I don't, again, I don't think you have to have a fifth starter for the playoffs. All you need him to be is a guy that can give you 140 to 150, maybe 130, just very average innings. Just average innings is all you need from him. And I think you got exactly what you needed out of him. So, hey, coming out swinging tonight, no doubt about it. Just a reminder here in a minute, we are going to hear from Cody Snavely of the Bleed Lows podcast. Cody Snavely also is one of the writers for Dodgers Beat, does a wonderful job with them, very in tune, and then also has his own podcast, The Diamond Club. So going to be talking to him. Actually, I've already talked to him, going to be playing that conversation that we had here in just a minute. It's a wonderful conversation. He did a great job. It's something that you do not want to miss. So stick around, and we will play that here in a minute. The Dodgers are being serious this offseason. Good evening, Daryl Jackson. Yes, and hey, just hearing that that last name, I totally agree with you. Andre Jackson wanted to give a shout-out to him. He is headed to Japan to continue his career. Had a chance to talk to Andre on several different occasions. He was on that up-down train. If you remember his debut in Dodger Stadium, his family was there. He did so well and then got injured and then just simply in 2021 didn't pitch very good at the beginning of the season. I think that was actually 2022. 
and then he kind of came back and did a little better, got some some action in L.A. towards the end of the season, and then got DFA'd. I think that came out of nowhere last year. Got DFA'd, has not quite made it back yet. Going to Japan, so Andre Jackson for Dodgers fans who remember him. He is on the move, so hey, wanted to give a shout-out to him. He was always one of my favorites. Roy says, stay away from Burns. He is a one-year rental and a Boris agent. Yes, but if he could come in and win a World Series, I could see where the Dodgers might entertain that. But again, are you going to use all of your prospect capital to go get him and leave the outfield the way it is? That's the question you have right there. So Dodgers have a lot to game plan from here. Andre, uh, Andrea Chavez, thank you so much for joining again every uh, every Friday night. And Sunday night, we are on at 6 o'clock Pacific. Actually, on Sunday nights, we're on at 5 o'clock Pacific. And then Wednesdays and Fridays, we are on at 6 o'clock Pacific. So thank you so much for joining. And again, the GoFundMe account is linked at the top of this. If anybody would like to help, donate a dollar, $2, $5, or whatever you would like. It is up there. So thank you so much for joining. New to your show, been watching for a week or so. It's been so great and informative. And, and, and Andrea, hey, we have not even gotten it. It's kind of bugging me at this point. I thank you so much for joining. Hey, I have grown this from the ground up. I have not had one of the major sources behind me. Doug McCain from Dodgers Nation. Tim Rogers, formerly a Dodgers Nation. Dodgers 2080. They have been so gracious to me. They have been so kind. They have helped me in ways that I can't even explain. But having said that, I haven't had a Dodgers Nation or one of the big publications behind me to grow this. It has been fans like you that have stumbled on here and told everybody else that has helped Dodgers Daily and this Dodgers Dog Show grow. So for all of you out there that that support this show and give wonderful comments like Andrea, thank you so much and thank you so much for keep coming back. I can't tell you how much those comments mean. So that that is just absolutely fantastic. The Damino is on tonight. We do not have Austin. Austin is tied up. Hey, everybody wants a piece to Austin. This young man is a rock star. I know talent when I see it. And when I saw Austin and his talent, I snatched it up right away. Austin goes to a lot of the Great Lakes games with the Damino. So the Damino will tell you that nobody knows more baseball than Austin does. So if Austin, you're out there and you're watching this, want to give you a Merry Christmas and hope that you're having a wonderful Wonderful holiday season, just like all the rest of the Dodgers fans who are in terms of the offseason that we're having. It has been simply fantastic. The Damino says, good evening, Casey. Been busier than usual lately. Yeah, it is a busy part of the season. Andrea says, how soon do you see Friedman making his next move? Is clearing roster spots in the 40-man more of a priority? Okay, so you have – that's a great question, Andrea. Thank you. I'm glad you said that because I probably would have glazed over that. The Dodgers – when they signed Yamamoto, they were full. So right now you have 40 with Yamamoto. He makes four, number 41. So there has to be a corresponding move. The moves that you could make, you could either come up with a trade, which means you're going to have to do a two-for-one to open up that one spot, which is why I keep saying the Dodgers need to make a trade somewhere for a pitcher or, or an outfielder or something like that. So you can open up – the Dodgers have to open up one spot – immediately to get Yamamoto on the 40-man. So you can either do that via trade, or you can do that by actually designating one of your young pl uh, players on the 40-man for assignment. It's called DFAing them. When you do that, then you have a week to trade them. 
if you don't get a trade done, then you designate them for assignment. And they either, if they have the amount of of time in minor leagues, which the guys I think that would be, that would probably be the most targeted as far as the DFA guys for the Dodgers. They would, they can either accept that assignment, get taken off the forty man, and end up going back to Oklahoma City at a Triple A level, or they can file for free agency and sign with whoever they want to at that point. So you have two options. You can either trade a two for one to make that room for Yosh. Well, if you trade two for one and and it, I say that, but but if it's a if it's a one for one and the one you're getting back is not somebody that has to go on the forty man, then you could do that. But if it but if you do get somebody that's coming back to be on your forty man on the major league roster, then it would have to be a two for one. So you can either do that or you can DFA. I think that the 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 number one target for the Dodgers would be six foot eight left hander Brian Hudson. I think he probably Victor Gonzalez would mention. We actually had this show. I think Victor Gonzalez, him, were probably the number one and two candidates. I don't think it would be Ricky Venasco. I know I've read that. But why? I'm telling you, Ricky Venasco, Dodgers fans are underrating this guy. This guy has, he has massive momentum. He was nasty towards the end of last year. And by the way, the Dodgers just signed him to a major league contract after they had him in the system. So what happened with Venasco is he was in the system became a free agent. The, the Dodgers didn't tender him a contract at that point. So he became a free agent, and about a week later, the Dodgers actually re-signed him, signed him back into the organization, not on a minor league contract, but on a major league contract, which immediately put him on the 40-man. So are you going to sign Ricky Venasco and go through that whole deal just to DFA him a month later? I don't see that happening. So it'll be interesting. Give me your thoughts. Who do you think the Dodgers, if they do go the DFA route? I don't think they will. I think they're going to go the trade route. But you got to get so. To answer your question, you got to get something done fairly soon because you got to get Yamamoto on the forty man. So I would assume a trade or a a DFA situation will come sooner rather than later. We've said it many different times. The Yamamoto domino was the one that was going to get. It was going to be the Otani domino at the beginning. Obviously, they got everything else going. But then once Otani got going, Yamamoto was the domino. You're going to see all the other dominoes fall into place pretty fast at this point. I think because the Dodgers had their plan A. Plan A worked. Now, where do we go from here? So they do have to clear up a spot. I don't think it's going to be a DFA situation. But if it does, we will see. So, hey, that is a great question, Andrew. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I needed to address that. Mikey Kim, sup, Casey? Hey, what's up, Mikey, right? Okay, thank you so much for joining. We already have just a tremendous, tremendous lobby. Hep C, good evening. Hepatitis C, you later. I like Sheehan as the fifth starter. Yeah, I have absolutely zero problems with that at at all. But I do think you're going to need somebody else besides Sheehan as a sixth guy that can give you more than 100 innings beyond Emmett Sheehan. So when you look at when you look at Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tyler Glass now, Walker Buehler, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, there still needs to be a sixth guy, in my opinion, that gives you 100-plus innings. And I only say that because I don't want the Dodgers to have to overtax Buehler. I don't want the Dodgers to have to overtax uh, Tyler Glass now. I don't want them to overtax Emmett Sheehan. If you look at Emmett, matter of fact, I'm going to pull that up right here. 
But Emmett Sheehan, quite honestly, one of the knocks on him, not a knock, but because it doesn't have anything to do with his talent or anything like that. But if you actually look at, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, if you look at his game logs in the minor leagues, let me let me get to his, my, actually, let me, that's not the right one right here. So give me just a second here, guys, and uh, let me pull this up. I know this isn't great radio. This is why I like to have a co-host, because when I'm doing stuff like this, I can actually have them talking about something else. Give me just a second here. Okay, so Emmett Sheehan, here's why I think even if Emmett Sheehan is your fifth starter, as this thing gets pulled up, and of course, right when I need it to, my computer probably won't work the way that I want it to. Emmett Sheehan looking at his game logs. Okay, here we go. In 2021, he threw 15.2 innings. 2022, all he threw was 68 innings. 2023, he threw 63 innings. So what are you going to ask out of Emmett Sheehan? That's, most of that's at the minor league level. So you're going to ask Emmett Sheehan to throw, basically he's thrown 131. He's thrown 146 innings in the last three years combined. Combined. So are you going to ask him to pitch 125, 130 major league innings this coming year? I think that would be a pretty tough ask. I, I don't see that happening. So from that perspective, even if Emmett Sheehan is your number five starter, I don't see him giving you much more than 90 to 100 innings. So especially if you have – so I think if you have a veteran-type guy that can cover the rest of those innings, you use that guy and Emmett Sheehan together kind of as your fifth starter, together as a hybrid – that's why you need that sixth guy because Emmett Sheehan doesn't have the experience with high game totals as far as any – I should get game totals. He doesn't have the experience with high innings totals. So I do think you need that sixth guy. I've said it several times. I think the perfect sixth guy is, is Lucas Giolito. I think you can get him for the – and then he's going, to, he's going to become a free agent again and then get a bag, that kind of thing. And then he also would love to come to the Dodgers, and I think he'd be super motivated. So I think that would be the perfect way to go there. The Damno says, I would say I wish Detroit would be this aggressive, but that almost never works out for them. LOL, hope the Dodgers finally pulled off this year. No doubt about that. Roy says, Dodger fam, we are not the next evil empire. We are the blue tsunami wave. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. To hell with everybody else. You can't convince me that if everybody else – had a team, all the people that are bitching and moaning about the Dodgers buying this and buying that, first of all, they're doing nothing illegal, nothing shady, nothing like that. They are playing within the rules 100%. If they happen to be smarter than everybody else, great for them. Hey, man, that, that's part of the deal. You know, we talk about grit, being gritty. What does grit stand for? You know, it, it stands – part of the, the, the I part of it is, is uh, you know, you get gritty with the G and then you're resilient, intelligent – and then you're very tenacious. Those are the those are the 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 four parts of being gritty. The I part intelligent. Hey man, being intelligent is part of being gritty and being very competitive. So I you know, I, I have I mean if if you want to complain about that, if you're another team, if you're a fan of another team and you're complaining about that, too bad. You can't tell me that if your team was doing the same, you wouldn't love it and, and want them to continue to do it just like we do with the Dodgers. So Roy says, agree, Giolito, on cheap, prove-it contract. And Roy says, how about Teoscar Hernandez for left field? Yeah, Cody's actually going to talk about him here in a minute as we get to his conversation. He likes Teoscar Hernandez. 
I'm not as big on it. The Dodgers already have enough swing and miss. They already have enough boom and bust. If you've listened to me talk about the Dodgers offense, I'm looking for more dynamic type. I, I'm, I'm looking for less boom and bust, more dynamic. I think Teoscar would bring more boom and bust, which means you're going to have 15 run games, and then you're going to have games to where it feels like you're never going to score. So I think he would just kind of be that Max Muncy type outfielder offensively. I just don't think that he would bring some thump, but I don't think he's the t- – I think you need a bat-to-ball skill type left fielder or an all-star. I mean, obviously, if you have all-star talent, it doesn't matter what type of player they are. You put the all-star out there. But that's kind of where I'm at on him. I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me, but that's just kind of where I'm at. Mikey says, Yama, Glass now, Bobby Walker, then go rotating AAA kids. Is there room for Kershaw? Hey, there you go. If you think you're going to sign Clayton Kershaw, it will be at spring training. I have said this I don't know how many times. I would imagine it would be because, again, when pitchers and catchers report, that's the first time you can actually put your injured people on the 60-day. So the guys like Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May, they have to stay on the 40-man right now. You cannot put them on the IL in the offseason. You can't put those guys on the IL, again, until pitchers and catchers report. And so as as soon as that happens, if you think you can get something out of Clayton Kershaw next year and not Tony Gonsolin, then you put Tony Gonsolin on the 60-day IL. That clears a spot for Clayton Kershaw. You put Kershaw on the 40-man with that spot. And then you wait to see when he's healthy, and then you give him. But again, it's not going to be, but you know, it's probably going to be 65, 70 innings. Something like that, it's not going to be 130. So you still need that innings eater guy. Even if you add Clayton Kershaw, you still need a guy that can eat innings at the and again, I'm gonna say this again. It doesn't even have to be a guy that you're expecting to pitch in the playoffs. It just has to be a guy that can get you 130 to 150 innings that are just at average, just average innings at the major league level. And it doesn't have to be a guy, again, that you're relying on in the playoffs because I don't think the Dodgers have to go more than a four-man rotation. And if you had Clayton Kershaw to that, he would probably be the fifth guy you'd choose in the playoffs anyways. Roy says, Dodger fan, we are not the next. Yeah, not the next. Yeah, we just went over that. So, Hep C says, I think if Kirsch comes back, he goes on the 60-day. He probably would, yes, but you wouldn't have to do that in the sense that that Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May would already be on that. And if you just wanted to be creative to get Kershaw in the lineup as fast as you possibly could, you could do that as well. So, it would be which the Dodgers manipulate that better than anybody else. But that's for what I'm trying to say is, you don't have room for Kershaw right now. You're not going to have room for him until then. So whether he goes on the 60-day or not, at some point he originally has to get put on the 40-man in the first place. And the only time I think that that the Dodgers are going to have room to do that will be then is kind of what I'm saying there. So, hey, Tom Lou, thank you so much for joining, Tom. Again, we do this Sunday nights at 5 o'clock Pacific and then Wednesdays and Fridays. It's at 6 o'clock Pacific. Thank you so much for joining. Certainly appreciate you. Bring back Kershaw and cut him before the playoffs. Yeah, Hep C later says, Rangers have half of the roster on the IL. I don't see how they can add another guy. Uh, I've been saying that too, Hep. Not only does, does Clayton Kershaw not want to leave the legacy that he had in the last game as a Dodger, I also think just looking what he's going to be able to provide, he's not the number one. He's not an innings eater. I think the Dodgers are the team 
that can actually offer him the role that he is capable of being productive in. I think if he goes to the Rangers, they're going to need more out of him than what he's capable of doing at this point. I said it last night on the show. I think if Clayton Kershaw would have pitched lights out and just lost that game but pitched great, but say the Dodgers couldn't score or whatever, and he felt good about the way he pitched and then didn't get injured, I think he's definitely already a Ranger, meaning that he's going into the Texas Rangers organization, possibly being their number one, looking at 125, 130 innings, something like that, and he's in that role. I think he would already be with the Texas Rangers if that was the case. But seeing the fact that he doesn't want to leave his legacy the way that he ended that last game and who knows what role he's going to actually be capable of, the Dodgers can give him whatever role he can do, I think those factors bring him back into the Dodgers once pitchers and catchers report. So, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Half of our rotation is on or just came off the I.L., Yeah, that's from Tom again. Hepatitis C later. Burns is probably going to leave in free agency. But if it only costs Vargas Bush hurt, you're only really losing one player that could have uh, helped the fit the team. And Kyle Hurt, farm stays intact. That's a great point. It's not the, the don't look at the prospects list in terms of how highly are they rated. It's what are your needs in the organization. Michael Bush and Miguel Vargas, as it sits right now, are not major league players right now in the Dodgers organization. I, I, I said that wrong. They are definitely major league players. They just don't have a spot in the Dodgers organization. So although they're major league ready, although I think eventually when they get enough runway, I know Miguel Vargas didn't show out very well with the stick last year. Michael Bush, he had a little over 60 at bats. He didn't hit the ball very well. I get all that, but they are still very attractive targets. So even though they are very attractive targets, Michael Bush is still rated as the number two prospect in the organization. Although they are highly ranked, they are guys the Dodgers can afford to lose because they don't have a spot for them anyways. So yes, Kyle Hurt, I can tell you this about him. Okay, he does not care what role he is in. Closer, middle relief, piggyback, starter, doesn't matter as long as it is at the major league level for the simple fact that his stuff is simply too good for AAA right now, in my opinion. So I think if you if you keep if you don't trade Kyle Hurt, I think he has to stay on your major league roster almost the entire season. His stuff is too electric to send back to AAA Oklahoma City, and I say that knowing I'm not going to get to see him live, which I love doing because Kyle Hurt is absolutely elect electric to watch. So uh, I, I think that's where you're at with Kyle Hurt. So, hey, Craig, good evening. Thank you so much for joining. He says, I think we need outfielders first. No doubt about that. I've said that several different times. Kevin Krause, hey, we have a wonderful crowd. I appreciate everybody joining. Kevin says, do you think Otani can pitch in October? (sighs) Boy, I don't know. It's hard. Okay, so I don't think it's going to happen, even if he could. You know, we heard about Bueller last year and all that kind of stuff. And I got to see Bueller pitch in Oklahoma City. The problem with that is, is okay, even if he is healthy enough to go out and give you something, do you really want to take that chance in October when, again, I don't think you're going to need even five pitchers. I think you're going to need a four-man rotation. And those four men are going to be Glass now, Bueller, and Yamamoto and Miller. So the question isn't, do you think Otani will be able to pitch in October? The question is, do you think the the, the version of Otani in October – 
is better than any of those four? My answer to that would be most likely not. And then my biggest answer to that would be there's going to be absolutely no way of telling. And the last thing the Dodgers can afford with the disasters they've had the last two years is to throw out an experiment. As great as Otani is, it would be an experiment to throw him for the first time all year in a playoff setting. And if that goes sideways, imagine the heat. Imagine spending a billion dollars on two players and then losing a playoff game because you pitched a guy that hasn't pitched all year long instead of Tyler Glass now, instead of Bobby Miller, instead of Yoshinobu Yamamoto, or instead of Walker Buehler. Imagine doing that. So from that perspective, uh, he might be <clears throat> healthy enough to pitch, but I just can't imagine seeing it happening. You know, maybe if you have a 10-run lead or you're behind 10 runs or something like that, so that's kind of where I'm at there. Kevin, thank you so much for joining. Wonderful comment there. And there's Tom, right? Yeah, where they're talking about their, their. Uh, I think, the, the Texas rotation. Roy, Casey, can you trade for cash consideration? Yes, the Dodgers actually did that in the Margot situation. They actually got cash back for him. And so, yeah, you can do that. But uh, you're talking billions of dollars for the Dodgers. Right now, Hep C says Bush needs to get traded. No spot for him. He needs a shot to play consistently. I have been screaming that from the mountaintop. You know, I matter of fact, I'm going to make a Dodgers Daily trucker hat and Dodgers Daily polo and a Dodgers Daily just regular T-shirt. And on the regular T-shirt, it is going to say Dodgers Daily, either play them or trade them. One of the two. They need an MLB path. Okay, so there's two ways you can use your prospects. You can either use them like James Altman, who, by the way, let me go over some stats for him last year if I can get my my internet back up here, my Okay, so let me get to Twitter here in just a second. Let me explain just exactly how good James Altman was last year. I didn't actually – I knew how – I mean, I, I, nobody has bragged on James Altman more than I have over the years, but I didn't actually realize just how great his season was. Now, I know he had the, the middle of the season where he, he, he had to make some adjustments. I know he had an over 30% strikeout rate. I get all that. I know all that, but listen to this, okay? James Altman, 23 home runs. 16 stolen bases. His WRC plus was 118, so he's 18% better than the rest of the league. 4.4 war, and he was plus 8 in outs above average. That's for a guy who is making less than three-quarters of a million dollars in base salary. Now, he did because of the, the being in contention for the, the rookie of the year. He did get a $580,000 bonus, but his base salary was less than three-quarters of a million a year for a guy that hit 23 home runs, posted a 118 WRC plus and a 4.4 war. That's called efficiency, and we talk about it all the time. If you're going to sign a billion dollars worth of players, it's uh, it's all contingent on having guys like, guys like James Outman that can be cheap, controllable players around them. So James Outman, in a lot of ways, he is maybe the most valuable player on this team because he gives you that cheap, controllable guy that still gives you that type of production, and so that frees you up to go spend all the money on the Shohei Otanis and players like that. Yoshinobu Yamamoto's Matt agrees, yes, Bush needs to play, just not here. Okay, Jeremy says, bring Bauer back. Yeah, there are a lot of Dodgers fans that aren't happy with the way that that situation went down. I don't think you should be not happy with the Dodgers. I think you should be not happy with major leagues if you're in that scenario. 
I have my own opinions on that. I will keep them to myself. That's that's a topic for a whole other day that that we don't have time really to go down tonight. But we might have a show on that and talk all about that. How about Michael Grove, Gavin Stone, plus go Gus Farland for a Rose Arena? I promise you, Mikey, if if you called the Rays and said Michael Grove, Gavin Stone, and Gus Farland, and they said yes, you could have Randy a Rose Arena, that would have already been done. I would think it's going to take. So to get a Randy Rose Arena, it's going to take one of the two, Emmett Sheehan or Nick Frosso. It's going to take one of those two. Then it's probably also going to take Landon Knack or Kyle Hurt. It's going to take two of those four. Then it's going to take one of your catchers between Dalton Rushing and and Diego Cartaya. It would likely be Cartaya because he's on the 40 man and he's closer to the major leagues. That would be more beneficial for the Dodgers because of those aspects because of the 40-man aspect then it's going to take one of your highest ranked prospects at a lower level that's what it's going to take to get randy rose arena that's why you only have prospect capital enough for one more big trade because you got to keep one of the two between sheehan and frasso you got to keep one of the two between hurt and knack because if you let's say you out of those four if you trade two of them they're the two that you keep are going to get a lot of pitching time at the major league level this year so that that's what it would take to get in a rose arena michael good evening michael thank you so much for joining we have a wonderful crowd tonight Emmett Sheehan looks way too gassed a lot of the times again that, that we went over that just a minute ago Emmett Sheehan here are his innings totals innings totals not game totals innings totals 2021 15.2 2022 68 2023 63 Okay, that that is that is at the minor league level, and then last year at the major league level, he he got sixty point one. So you're looking at Nimit Sheehan, who who in the past hasn't thrown more than you know as much as as you would like him to, as far as what you would like to ask, maybe a fifth starter that is anchored in the rotation. That's why you got to keep one of the two between. That's why you got to keep one between Landon Knack and. Kyle Hurd and and Nick Frasso, you got to keep two of those probably, it, because you you don't know exactly how many innings you are going to get out of Emmett Sheehan, which is also another reason why I say that I have no problems with moving Emmett Sheehan to a middle relief guy to a setup guy, moving him into the pen, easing him into the innings total. Because if you look at the way that that he's pitched in the past. I think you can get the most out of – I think if you go out there and you throw them, you know, say 65, 70 innings before the All-Star break, who knows what kind of gas he's going to have left. I mean, the guy does have one of the most explosive fastballs in the organization. I've been saying that for a while. So, yeah, Emma Sheena, it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Mike Sam, thank you so much for joining Dodgers fans from the Woodlands. Hey, man, I have been to the Woodlands, Texas – I have been to the Woodlands in Texas so many different times. I'm a huge Oklahoma State fan, grew up in Stillwater, and OSU has had so many great players come out of the Woodlands. So excited to have a Dodgers fan here from Texas. Been there many times, Astros country, and proud to wear my Dodgers gear around. I have a niece that lives in Houston as well, and hey, lots and lots and lots of of good friends from the Houston area. Sean Manea looked better last year. Hey, yeah. Manea is another one of those cheap guys I think you could get for, you know, just as a fifth starter. You would get him not thinking that you'd even have to use him 
in the playoffs. You would you would say to Sean Manea, we just need you to be our fifth starter. We need you to give us 130 innings, and they just have to be average. That's all we need out of you. Can we get that from you? And I think they could. So I think guys like that are all in play. Michael, I totally agree with you on that. Riel Gutierrez says Josh Hader. Good evening, Riel. And yes, Hader could be a target. But again, I think you would be better off setting your bullpen up by adding starters, which pushes your rookies back, the Michael Groves back into relief, and and the 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 Ricky Venascos and the Emmett Sheehan's possibly, the Kyle Hurts. Move those guys back into relief, and then that allows you to use Evan Phillips for the last three outs or Bruce Dark Gratterall or however you want. So I think Josh Hader is down the line. I, I think if he fell in the lap of the Dodgers, they would take him. But I don't think he's necessarily like one of the next targets. I really think the next target for the Dodgers is somebody like a Sean Manea, somebody like a Lucas Giolito. Get the pitching rotation shored up, then go out. And I do think they're still going to get an outfielder. So we'll see. Giolito may cost too much and may want a multi-year deal. I think if Giolito wants more than one year, he's out. I think the Dodgers offer him a one-year prove-it contract. You give him $10 million just like he had last year and see what you got with him. And if he, I think if he box at that, of course, he wants to be a Dodger, I would assume. He's from SoCal. I think he would fit in great. And then who wouldn't want to be a part of this Dodgers team, right? So – I think there's a good chance that if you offered Lucas Giolito one for 10, I think there's a chance he gets a hometown discount and he comes and he tries to prove it with the Dodgers. Use that elite instructional system to see if you can have that great year to get your bag again in free agency after next year. Uncle Ted, good evening, Uncle Ted. Thank you for joining. Good now, Otani and his boyfriend can walk their little dogs together. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hep C says the perfect trade would be Bush, Vargas, Hurt for Burns. Yes. If they would take that, I still think you're going to have to add a catcher to that. I know he's a rental. I know he's a one-year guy. But I think Milwaukee's too good of a team just to say, hey, we're going to get rid of Corbin Burns. You're going to have to entice him at this point. I think maybe at the trade deadline they take a a trade like that. But do you really want to give up Kyle Hurt for a guy that you're only going to get for a half a year at that point? So I think you're going to have to add probably Diego Cartaya to that trade package up. That's just, I mean, who knows? I mean, we're just talking. You might not, but clear three 40-man spots. Bush, Vargas have no spot. I totally agree with that. I That part of the deal makes total sense. But I think to do that, I think you could also get rid of Diego Cartaya, which would clear yet another spot on the 40-man as well. I think you would probably have to do that. Hey, just a reminder, we're going to talk to Cody Snavely. Actually, I already talked to him. We're going to, I'm going to play that conversation here in a minute. He does a wonderful job going over a lot of these topics too, giving his thoughts on this wonderful crowd here on Dodgers Dogs tonight. It's part of the Dodgers Daily Network. Thank you for joining on a Friday evening, a couple of days before Christmas. Okay, Carlos says, yeah, Uncle Ted says, Dodgers still not beating the Rangers, Braves, Astros, or even the Orioles. The great part of that is they're going to get to do it on the field. No matter how much smack talk you throw out there, it does not matter. No matter how, no matter how many times Dodgers fans could make a comment and, and as far as being confident. Hey, we're going to win it this year. Doesn't matter. They get to play it on the field, so it all is going to happen on the field, and we're going to get to see what happens. Carlos Garcia, thank you so much at break at work. Thank you for using your break time at work for tuning in to Dodgers Daily. That is very, very special to me. Again, I built this from the ground up. 
I am so proud of what we have built here with Austin and Coach and all the people that have helped all of you out there, wonderful fans. So thank you so much for helping grow this channel, and thank you for your wonderful comments and taking your time to watch here. Santander would be perfect for us. I've mentioned him. He would be, if you can't get a Rosarina, he would be the first, the Orioles would be the first team that I would call. Anthony Santander would be the number one target if you can't get a Rosarina for me. No doubt about it. He would be the guy that I would absolutely target. <clears throat> I think the advantage you would have there is that the Orioles have a ton of depth, ton of young depth in the outfield. I think you, and they have a bunch of great young players. So I think you could really convince the Orioles, hey, let us add to your young player depth. Let us give you another bunch of great young players to add what you already have to your young core of great players. And I really think the Orioles would listen from that perspective. So, Michael, you and I are 100% completely in agreement there. Santander would be a great target for the Dodgers. Switch hitter, very good with runners in scoring position. Casey, you convinced me again. Yeah, that's Roy. Uncle Ted Kirsch is going to come home to Dallas. We've addressed that, the reasons why I don't think that's going to happen. Hey, Orlando, good to hear from you again, Orlando. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you joining in here on Dodgers Dogs as part of the Dodgers Daily Network. I need Kirsch to come back. He needs to be part of this. Hey, we all agree with that, Orlando. Another reason why Clayton Kershaw needs to come back when the dot, not if, when the Dodgers win their next World Series with this core of players that they have just signed, Clayton Kershaw needs to be a part of that. Could not agree with you anymore, Orlando. That is a wonderful comment. Thank you so much for leaving that comment. That is simply fantastic. Hey, I want to remind everybody that the link to our GoFundMe account is at the top of this chat. If you'd like to give 50 cents, a dollar, whatever, hey, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, don't forget to leave a like, leave a comment on the regular part of this video. So when it does archive, it will continue to get recommended to be why hey, jay thank you so much for watching jay if you ever read his comments he is just one of the most well thought out human beings i have ever read he always changes my mind and i can tell you right now not easy to change my mind i doubt we're going to have four catchers maybe time for barnes ask dmac that question i asked clint that question neither one of those guys can see it happening i'm going to have to default to them and probably agree with them on that michael carrillo says Tony Gonsolin should be shipped off in a trade. I, hey, I would honestly, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Not going to be part of next year, anyways. Would anybody take him? You know the way that he is. I would think somebody would. I think that's a good idea, Michael. I think that's outside the box a touch, but I think that is an absolutely great. I, hey, Michael, I'm telling you, man. Uh, Michael and I, I, we, I agree with him almost every time he posts. He has some great, very aggressive, sometimes out of the box ideas that 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 would really help the Dodgers and that's one of them that is a great idea Michael Orlando has a question can Kerr sign a minor league contract deal he can sign whatever he wants I don't think he would do that it'd be 15 mil guaranteed if he comes up to the majors so the advantage to the minor league contract is that you don't automatically have to put him on the 40 man I think you're better off just waiting until pitchers and catchers report and then put and then put and then use the the spot that you're that 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 Tony Gonsolin is using right now and put him on then. Does that exclude that, that? So that answers your question. But I think you're going to have a spot for him once you, once the pitchers and catchers report and you're able to put guys on the 60-man. Should we keep Barnsey? That's from Carlos. That's a tough one. Barnes is, is a, 
I'm telling you, man, he is a organizational favorite. It it's a situation that they love Austin Barnes. They have a lot invested in him. He is just a Dodger through and through. So from a performance perspective, yes. From an overall perspective, when you consider the culture, what does he bring to the clubhouse? What, how, what part of this team and organization is he still, even though the performance hasn't been good on the field? From that perspective, the Dodgers feel like that that's not a situation that they're going to go down at this point. So should we keep Barnsey? Going to say it straight up. You know, hey, this is a business decision. From a on-the-field perspective, no. From a, a whole perspective, I think the Dodgers would say yes. So that so that that uh, th- that's kind of where they're at right here. Jason, I like what he says here. Jason, he says, hey, thank you so much for joining, Jason. Again, every Sunday evening we go on at five o'clock Pacific. Wednesdays and Fridays are six o'clock Pacific. Don't hate because your team, yeah, because your team isn't good as the Dodgers. That's we'll put it that way. The Dodgers are going to be the most talented team in baseball, no doubt about it. Michael says Barnes to Siberia. Yeah. Okay, Jason Kershaw retire a Dodger. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger. I would totally agree with that. Ideally, trading Cartaya and cutting Barnes would maximize our potential. Yeah, you could do that, or you could trade Ota, or you could trade Cartaya and put Dalton Rushing on the forty man as well. That would be another option. Great music factory. Thank you so much for joining. Otani got Yamamoto, no doubt about that. So. Uh, we have a ton of comments. I'll tell you what, right now we're getting to 845. Hey, hey, Tim, you gave us an example of some names of who it would take to get Randy Rosarina. Yeah, this is this is Aaron. Uh, so if you were Friedman, who would you give up for Randy? Frasso or Emmett, it would be Frasso, no doubt about that. Dalton or Cartaya. So the, the two there that you'd give up would be Frasso and Cartaya, no doubt about that. Okay, so what we're going to do right now, we have some wonderful comments, but what I'm actually going to do is I am going to get to the – Cody Snavely conversation. It's about 20 minutes long. We're going to continue. I'm going to go actually go to the chat while we're having this. I had this conversation with Cody yesterday, so this is recorded. So, hey, although I won't be on the mic talking, I will be in the chat answering whatever questions you have. So here we go. Cody Snavely of the Diamond Club and the Bleed Lowest podcast and the Dodgers beat. Welcome to Dodgers Daily. Casey Porter here. So glad that you decided to tune in. Fans, we have a very, very, very special guest today, Cody Snavely of the Bleed Los podcast, Dodgers Beat, and just about everything else. I think the Diamond Club, too, as well. So, Cody Snavely, thank you so much for joining Dodgers Daily. Yeah, thank you for having me on. You know, when when you shot me that message, you know, kind of made me feel good inside, you know, that people are reading our stuff, um, whether it's Dodgers Beat, uh, the Diamond Club, or listening to Clubcast, which is what me and uh, uh, my co-host Jake, that's what we do. Um, but yeah, it, it's great to talk baseball. It's definitely great to talk Dodgers, especially with the large fan base and the many podcasts and blogs that we have out there. But it, it's great to have, join this community and, and talk ball. I always talk about this. I talked about this with DMAC the other night on our show. There's plenty of Dodgers fans out there. And what's really cool about having all of the Dodgers content out there is that we each have our own take, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, that's that's very true. And that's been true, especially 
uh, the past couple off seasons where we've had some fans that would like to take a conservative take. We've had some fans, especially that are extremely happy with the take that the Dodgers have taken this year, which is where it seems like money is no issue for, for the Los Angeles Dodgers this off season. Um, but yeah. And then not only just varying opinions, but you know, myself, I'm on the East coast that me and you were talking about like getting time zones, scheduling that all together. Dodger fans travel extremely well, you know, from coast to coast, um, I I've seen it in Philadelphia. I've seen it in Boston. I've seen it in New York from when I've been up there. Um, they travel well and they're very passionate about the team that they root for. LA has made some big splashes this off season. This has been the off season. I think Dodgers fans have been waiting for. They've been primed for it for quite a while. Didn't have a whole lot happen last off season. So it's been a lot of fun, of course, starting with the Shelly Otani signing. And we all said as soon as he signed, he was going to be the lead recruiter for this offseason as well. That definitely has happened. Tyler Glass now came back home. Manny Margot. So talk about Manny Margot and Tyler Glass now and that deal for the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, let's get out the excitement for the the headliner of that trade. Um, Glass now has been a name that I have been speculating that the Dodgers go after pretty much since the season ended and when there was reports saying that the Rays were going to look to offload um, his $25 million due for 2024. And when I looked at it, I said, all right, I get that he's a rental, but out of all the free agents or the trade chips that are out there that are also technically rentals like a Corbin Burns, I feel like Glassnow would probably be the most willing to sign an extension. And I pretty much hit the hit the spurt on the stone with that one because immediately after they traded for him, it was cohesion on him signing that extension. And now they got him, instead of just one year, they got him for an extra, I believe, what, four or five years on the mm-hmm. deal. So um, that turns out, that's what the Dodgers, I believe, have have been desperate for is not only just pitching, but controllable pitching and controllable proven arms. And Glass now, while he has struggled with his injury history, if you look into it a little bit more, it's really just been one lingering injury, uh, that little arm injury that um, has kind of affected his play since 2019. And now since he's been fully recovered from that Tommy John surgery, um, or I think he wasn't even labeling as a Tommy John surgery, he was kind of calling it something Modified hybrid. Yeah, but... He's a year fully removed from that, and he pitched his most innings of his career last year for what it's worth, and he would have pitched more if it wasn't for an oblique injury. So I think the Dodgers are banking on him building off of that. Like, all right, you got 120 innings this year. Let's get to 160 this next year, and then maybe if he keeps building it, maybe you can get a 200-inning pitcher out of him. But the Dodgers' pitching philosophy really they don't really prepare for that. They would rather, if he wants to only go five innings and five strong innings, they will be happy with that because that's just the way that from the ground up all the way in the minors, and you can probably attest to this more than anybody, this is how they prepare their pitchers right now. And even Andrew Freeman himself yeah. in his uh, the end-of-year press conference when he was asked point blank, well, do you see any like these pitchers that can go six, seven, eight innings? And he pretty much said, well, that doesn't happen in today's game anymore. And as head scratching as that comment is, in terms of the Dodgers system, especially their farm system, that is kind of true. Yes, matter of fact, at the AAA level, there was only one pitcher the entire season, starting wise, one starting pitcher total that made it into the seventh inning, and it only happened one time, and that was Landon Knack. I mean, that's just unbelievable to me that only one pitcher, one time all year at the AAA level, actually made it seven innings. To go to your point, as far as how the Dodgers train these guys. What they want is six innings, and they can cover the, the final three, and they can go from there. Okay, so, 
You, you talked about Glass now and Margot. Where do you think Margot fits in on this team? Is he an everyday starter, platoon guy? How do you see that going? Yeah, Margot was the interesting piece to f- kind of throw into this trade. I, I, after, you know, the Dodgers kind of needed a, a right-handed presence in their lineup. Obviously, they have Chris Taylor, but we've kind of seen him have a roller coaster ride, whether it's due to offensive production, defensive production's kind of dipped for him a little bit, and injuries have kind of plagued him the past two years since he signed that uh, that extension after 2021. Um, obviously, Margot's not going to blow you away with the bat. If you're a Dodgers fan expecting him to, for the Dodgers, like hitting department to pretty much turn him into uh, Shohei Otani light, batting 300 and going with a OPS near one. Uh, don't expect that. But the Dodgers and Brandon Gomes even uh, alluded to it is that they value his speed on the base pass and they value his defense and they value his outfield defense versatility where I think you're really going to see him maybe not play an everyday role, but he may get starts in right field. He may get starts in left field. He may be a pinch runner. He may be a late game pinch hitter. You know, the Dodgers really like to play that platoon game. Um, and it kind of makes me wonder if they were looking for a defensive upside speedster. I don't know why they traded DeLuca away. It seemed very questionable. But I kind of am under the generalization that maybe Andrew Freeman values veteran bats more than these younger rookie guys to play in this platoon like position. Um, that makes the only that makes the only sense to me why you would get rid of DeLuca in a deal like this. Um, but Margot, you know, he, he does have pretty good splits away from the trop. Um, so maybe the Dodgers are also looking at that as well. Um, I really, if you had to pinpoint where he's probably going to be, he'll probably mainly be platooning in left field, maybe right field starts, depending on, you know, everybody's going to get that IL stint to give him a little break, especially with guys like Jason Hayward who are getting up there in age. Um, I feel like that's what you have to expect from Margot. And I don't think he should be the final piece, especially in that Dodgers outfield, which kind of needs a little bit of work. Yep. So where do the Dodgers go from here? You say you mentioned that was going to be my next question. Do you think they're done? I've said several different times emphatically no. So where do they go from here? What do they what do they have left to do? I think obviously starting pitching is at the top of everyone's mind. But if in my humble opinion, the starting pitching, if you went to the season right now, they would be pretty fine. I mean, they got their top three starters and they're really going to go to their minor league depth. With those starters, you know, you mentioned Landon Knack. He's someone that's getting up there in age that needs to kind of make that jump to the major leagues. Hopefully he's a big part. Yeah, he's 26. That's getting old for a minor leaguer. And and then you get some other Emmett Sheehan's hammering it down there. Gavin Stone, I imagine, will take whatever he experienced he had last year, hopefully make some improvements to go for this upcoming 2024 season. Um, But the outfield, the move of Mookie Betts to second, opens up a lot of opportunities for the Dodgers to get cheap, affordable bats in those corner outfield spots. And one name that's been mentioned since November uh, by Juan Toribio um, from MLB.com was Teoscar Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And it does make sense. I do see a fit. And we brought it up on the Bleed Lows podcast in our, our recent episode. My only concern about a player like him is just he strikes out a lot. Like he lot. strikes out way more often than you would really like. And I think what the Dodgers really need is they need to build a roster that is kind of preparing them for October. And you need like those situational hitters in the outfield that if you're going to plug those spots and you don't want that guy to be do someone that has over 200 strikeouts. So um, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see who they go for it. There's really not many right-handed power bats on the market. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised not if the they free stand agent market. Pat. Yeah. Yeah. Not the free agent market and the trade market. I mean, I don't think the Dodgers are willing to give trade away from their pitching depth because I think they're going to need those guys. Um, Adam Duvall kind of jumps out to me. That was someone from last year, but other than that, it's maybe Teoscar Hernandez or bust for that. Um, they may just build it from within. The one I wanted in the free agency market, and congratulations to the Diamondbacks, I wanted Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I thought he would have been the perfect pickup. And I don't think the Dodgers wanted to move until the Yamamoto domino fell. And I think the D-backs knew that and they got ahead of that. So I thought that was a situation the Diamondbacks are very smart on. Yeah, it's kind of surprising with the way the Diamondbacks have kind of been doing things. They are, I believe, it was they're the third most active team in terms mm-hmm. of dollars this offseason, which, I mean, Good for them. They just got off of a pennant winning season and they came up just short in the World Series and they're showing their fans that, hey, we are in it for next season. Do I think they're going to compete for the Dodgers for the National League West? No, but I still think they would be a problem come October. And it can't you can't not say that because they eliminated the Dodgers. They eliminated the Phillies. Those are two juggernauts in the National League. So. I definitely think the Dimebacks have been making some really underrated moves. They are really building that team around, um, and they, they'll they definitely be a problem next season. And I think that's only the better for the Dodgers because I think it makes the Dodgers have to stay on their toes. I think competition brings out the best in everybody. So I think the Diamondbacks being competitive actually is going to be a good thing for the Dodgers as we move on. Okay, do you think the Dodgers are done with pitching? If not so, what level of pitchers do the Dodgers need, and who are the targets you think? I honestly don't think they're done with pitching. They're still going to round out their rotation. I would say I think this guy is a definitely a lock because it's been rumored for weeks, maybe even months, and, and that's Lucas Giolito. He just seems like an Andrew Freeman-type signing. I don't really know what type of deal he would get. Does he take that one-year prove-it deal? Does he want like a two-year deal where he can kind of maybe have some success this season, build off it again, and then test free agency again to get maybe the final contract of his career? Um, it seems like it's been pretty heavily rumored that this is probably going to happen at some point, but the Dodgers aren't just going to jump out and sign him today. That'll be one of their latter signings when like the big guys go out of the market, like Snell, Montgomery. I don't think Montgomery, he would be a good fit, but I don't think the Dodgers are willing to give him the years and the money he'll want. I definitely don't think they're interested in Snell, even though David Vassay has been pretty hype on that train on Dodgers talk. I I really don't think he's going to replicate what he did this past season with the amount of walks that he was giving up. It just seemed that the Padres defense and just sometimes you're just lucky in baseball and then then it works out. So, um, but yeah, I think Lucas Giolito is a guy that they'll definitely go after. Um, It just seems like it's going to happen. And then I really think they're just going to go with those minor league guys. Hopefully they make the jump perhaps at the trade deadline, depending on if the Brewers are kind of falling out of contention. That's where I would see a guy like Corbin Burns coming into mind where all right, you got him at the trade deadline. He won't cost as much because you're only getting half a season of control. And it would really be a move that the Dodgers would make to say, hey, we're probably not going to re-sign this guy, but we think we have the best chance to win this year. Let's get him, complete the rotation, and go forward. So I really think a lot of the free agent or a lot of the the pitching comes via trade probably at the deadline. So I would just say Yamamoto and Giolito would be like my two guys. What are your expectations for 2024? The Dodgers are building this super team, so – as a fan, as a content creator, what are you going to the season thinking is a success and a failure? I mean, I think you have to take these three seasons collectively, 2024, 25, 26. 
these seasons are the primes of Betts, Freeman, and then you've just signed Otani. While he can't pitch this year, he's still one of the best hitters in the sport. Um, it is World Series or bust for them for these next three years. Um, it could argue you could argue that for the next ten years, it's probably World Series or bust just due to the contract that they gave Otani and the reason why he came here was to win. So um, him coming here probably puts a lot of pressure on the ownership in the front office to kind of put all their chips in and go after and hopefully win a World Series. Um, I would say in the year 2024, if they don't win the World Series, they at least need to appear in the World Series. I think that's where, obviously, they would still say it's it's a failure of the season because they didn't win their ultimate goal. But we're talking about back-to-back seasons where they've lost in the NLDS. You at least got to get to the championship series. And I, I think it is a must that you have to get to the World Series this year. Maybe not win it, but... The World Series aspirations have to be there. Once Otani comes back as a full two-way player, then I'm saying, yes, they need to keep continue going all in, and they need to win the World Series. I think in the next three years, they need to at least win one. In the next 10 years, I kind of agree with that, your takes before. You know, I really think they need to win at least three to make this deal worth it, to make like the commitment worth it, um, or else a lot of people around baseball, not Dodger fans, a lot of people around baseball will consider the Otani signing in that 10-year deal a failure if they don't win none or just one all right cody great job hey man i hope to have you on more often this has been a whole lot of fun i love talking dodgers baseball getting different perspectives from different people on different things so this has been a super amount of fun for me so thank you for that and then before we get out of here just remind everybody where they can find you yeah thank you for having me on it, it was a great to talk to you about dodgers you know we're, I'm super excited for this 2024 season. we got a lot of content that's going to be coming out, and Dodgers are going to put together a really great team here. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking to find me in terms of the Dodgers content, DodgersBeat.com, that's where I'm posting pretty much three to four articles a week talking about rumors, kind of trade ideas, or just my thoughts and opinions on how the roster is. Uh, the Bleed Lows podcast, if you go to their YouTube channel, we just reached 1,000 subscribers, so congrats to us. Um, that's where you can check out. We just posted our recent episode. Um, kind of going over some Christmas traditions and kind of going over the Yamamoto and some more Otani opinions. And then in terms of my personal blog, uh, the timelineclub.blog or Clubcast on YouTube, that's where you can find uh, myself and my co-host Jake. Um, We're talking shop there about Dodgers, Phillies, baseball, everything uh, that you can think about. Um, But yeah, thanks you for having me on. It was a great experience. All right, we're back. So that is Cody Snavely of Dodgers Beat and also of the Bleed Lows podcast, and also check out his new Diamond Club, his new Diamond Club, uh, Diamond Club, easy for me to say, podcast, and all the work he does. He does work in the print media. He also does work, in, as you saw right there, in podcasts as well. So Cody Snavely, uh, a really good, another content creator for the Dodgers and different, you know, just major leagues overall. He's a big Dodgers fan. So hope you enjoyed that conversation we had with Cody I certainly enjoyed getting to meet him, getting a different perspective. He is a really, really, really cool young man. So really enjoyed that. Jay, good evening again. Thank you so much for joining. I'm so glad that you're able to join our live tonight. Jay, I think we can sign Giolito. He expressed wanting to play in L.A. many times and would be a great one-year candidate. That's what I'm preaching about him. And I think you'd take I think the big part of him. I think he would take the one-year I think it would be somewhere around $10 million. And again, yeah, that's the six-man rotation, whatever you want to call it as far as the innings go. I know Jay laid that out very well the other day. 
And also, I don't think you have to rely on him to be one of your playoff starters. And as that sixth rotation guy, he just needs to be average. He just needs to be a four and a half ERA guy, a four ERA guy that gets you into the sixth inning. That's all he needs to do for you. He doesn't have to come out and be a number. You know, people are saying, hey, he hasn't been very good. I can't argue with any of that. He doesn't have to be that good if he comes to the Dodgers. All he has to do is be average, just eat innings for him to be worth what the Dodgers need out of him. That's kind of where I'm at for him. You could trade a catcher plus prospects for a closer. Yeah, no doubt about that. The catcher that you would trade would be Diego Cartaya. And the reason is, is because he is on the 40-man roster. And then you also have just amazing catching prospects behind him with Dalton Rushing, Tyrone Lorenzo, Yaner Fernandez, Jorge Puerta, Simon Reed, all these guys. And then also you have Hunter Fiducia, who was just put on the 40-man as well. So you are definitely stacked at the catcher's position. You could absorb a loss like Cartaya. So we are on the exact same page there as far as being able to trade a catcher. I wish the Dodgers would get Jose or I would get Randy Arozarena. That is from Space Wolf. Space Wolf, thank you so much for joining. Again, just a reminder, each Sunday night at 5 o'clock Pacific, then Wednesdays and Fridays is at 6 o'clock Pacific. Another reminder, too, that the GoFundMe account is linked at the top of this chat. I want to thank everybody who has donated in the past. That goes to our gas to and from gains, possibly maybe a spring, a spring training site. I know Mike is going to to spring training. He's going to get a lot of great content for us. So, hey, wanted to uh, wanted to wish everybody a merry merry Christmas. No doubt about that. From Dodgers Daily and Dodgers Dogs as part of the Dodgers Daily Network. I hope you're enjoying tonight's show. Certainly enjoyed getting to talk to Cody Snavely again of Dodgers Beat, the Bleed Lows podcast, and also the Diamond Club. Report Dodgers may take into consideration a trade for Bieber and closer Class A from the Guardians. Yeah, that would be pretty fantastic. Bieber obviously went to UCFB. UCSB, bring him back home. If you go back to my Trevor Betancourt interview, Betancourt actually played on that UCSB team that had a lot. As a matter of fact, they, they beat Oklahoma State that year, and that's the reason why I know so much about them. Oklahoma State actually had to face Shane Bieber and Trevor Betancourt. Betancourt was actually the guy that got the, the biggest outs in some of their biggest games at Louisville, as a matter of fact. They went to Louisville and beat Louisville to qualify for the College World Series. On that Louisville team was Zach Birdie, who was in the Dodgers organization last year. So if you want to know more about Shane Bieber, go back to that Trevor Betancourt conversation. Betancourt tells you everything you need to know about him. They were teammates there at UCSB. I would imagine Shane Bieber would run back to Los Angeles to play for L.A. And then also you get Class A, so that would be simply... A fantastic deal if you could pull that one off. Tony says, I'm not a huge fan of the glass now. Too much risk involved. There is risk there. No doubt about it. Now, he did have an oblique last year. So did Ryan Pepio. And actually, if you look at it, the, that the oblique kept Pepio out longer than it did glass now. And if you look at the rest of it, the, all the other injury issues have been basically one big long issue with the Tommy John. So I do think there's a scenario to where the Dodgers can minimize that risk with all of the pitching depth they have. I said limit them to about, I'd say about 100 to 120, maybe 130 innings, somewhere in there. Same plan that I would have had for Clayton Kershaw last year. If you could have, if you if you 
uh, weren't just trying to struggle to make the playoffs at you know large parts of the season last year. So, Tony, I do think the Dodgers have the scenario to where they can limit his exposure and and get him to where he is fully healthy for the playoffs. So I do think you can minimize some of that risk, but I do agree that there is some risk there. Not enough durability. Pepio showed potential last season. You were preaching to the choir. Nobody, nobody is higher on Ryan Pepio, probably including his mom and dad, than I am. I'm just telling you, I have seen Ryan Pepio pitch all the way back to his days at the lower levels in this organization. I've seen him have great days. I've seen him have not great days. And I have been a believer in him from day one going all the way back to Butler when he is the all-time. He was not only the all-time single-season strikeout leader at Butler, he's also the all-time strikeout leader for his entire career. So I knew him all going all the way back to Butler. I've watched him pitch in this organization all the way through. Then, then obviously with my own eyes at Tulsa and Oklahoma City, I've talked to him on several occasions, communicated with him just last week, two or three times. I love Ryan Pepio. That one hit hard. Trust me, that one hit hard. But again, Tyler Glass now, if he is healthy, it is a risk. But if the risk works out, Tyler Glass now definitely has number one starting stuff. And the Dodgers felt like that was the most important aspect of that whole thing is the upside of what Tyler Glass now brings you. And they're all in. They're going for it. So great point. Totally agree with you there, Tony, about the risk. Hello, world. Thank you so much for joining. Wonderful crowd we've had tonight here on Dodgers Dogs as part of the Dodgers Daily Network. Think we still need an outfield bat. I've been saying that, no doubt about it. Mike Trout plus plus cash. Dodgers fans, it's interesting. Dodgers fans aren't wanting Mike Trout. I have not run into a Dodgers fan yet that have been high on that because of the injury factor with him. And then the, the length of the contract you'll be paying him and to not be on the field, basically. That's been a non-starter for most Dodgers fans. I'm kind of in that same boat, too. It sounds great, Mike Trout does, but if you look at the contract based on how much he is or isn't on the field, probably a rather large overpay. But saying here, hello world, saying for Gonsolin, Stone, Bush, and Pajes. Yeah, Andy Pajes. Hopefully he's he's healthy. You had the, the shoulder injury last year. Shoulder injuries were tough. It was tough for him because he, 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 he got the shoulder injury in his AAA debut literally his first game at triple a so that was tough already has to know that the angels need to rebuild he didn't know that about shohei <laughs> should have traded shohei of course at the time they were like three games out of first place so it's tough to trade away your players when you're that close to a wild card but that's the problem the wild card has brought it's hard for these general managers players of baseball operation guys to convince their fans that they should be sellers when you're only three games out from the wild card you know and We've seen that wild cards can win a World Series the same way a division champion can. So, fingers crossed, is Tony, that Kershaw doesn't come back. Yeah, there are some Dodgers fans that are in that boat. John Causey, hey, thank you so much for joining. John is one of our wonderful, wonderful Dodgers daily posters and get to communicate with John quite a bit. Always has great thoughts, wonderful thoughts on the Dodgers. So, John, thank you so much for joining. We need to sign two uh, hitter. We need to sign two, hit wit, or go uh, get a Rose Arena. Yep, okay, Tony, I say no to a trial trade. Yeah, most Dodgers fans are on that side, believe it or not. That actually surprised me. Usually fans don't look into the, okay, well, he's been hurt, the contract is long. Dodgers fans are very well educated, though. 
So that, that's kind of where I'm at here. Yang Yi says, Granky or Hill? Yeah, Rich Hill. Yeah. Uh, Trout is too injury prone. Yeah, see, there's another one. The low-grade hero, no doubt about it. Ray Ailing. Hey, good evening, Ray. Thank you so much for joining again every Sunday night, 5 o'clock Pacific, Wednesdays and Fridays at 6. Okay. The Dodgers will always be Brooklyn. Yeah, okay. So let's see. Let's get to some more comments here. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and delete that comment. So, hey, if you would, don't respond to that in. I just deleted that comment from Ray. If you would do me a favor, don't even respond to comments like that. That makes it a lot easier. Tony said that's odd. Okay, offseason has definitely been amazing. That was my own comment. Okay, who uh, who would say no to that? Okay, we're going to have to get back up to the trade. My, my uh, page just absolutely refreshed on me. So, the low-grade hitter, Ray, there's a reason why okay see all right here we go all right yankees are looking at bringing domingo Germán back giants got a poor man's brandon nimmo who can't hit high velo padres going broke cherry on the top this offseason yeah no doubt about it full of smack talk and it's easy to do when you got Shohei otani tyler glass now manny margo and yamamoto uh yoshinobu i should say yamamoto yeah so very very exciting love to have the Dodgers get Lazardo. Again, if you get Lazardo, you probably don't get an outfielder, Paul. That's that's where you're at there. So hey, if you think pitching is more important, then you go that route because at that point you have to give up all your prospect capital. You don't have enough to go get, say, an Anthony Santander. You definitely don't have enough to go get a Randy Arozarena. So I think so I think that's probably you know, down the list, I think if the Dodgers strike out on their outfield prospects, they don't see that they're going to be able to get one anyways. Then they think they still could get a, a high-level lefty like that, like Lazardo. I think you go at that point. But I first think that you try to get an outfielder first. Braulio Lopez. Hey, Braulio, thank you so much for your wonderful comments. Great stuff. Love this channel. Hey, we love the fact that you love this channel. Again, grew this from scratch. Just trying to work hard and and give my Dodgers take. And I, I love it when people give positive feedback like that about how they enjoy this channel because we work very hard on the prospects, obviously, aspect of it. We love the Dodgers. And, you know, we, we try to give our, our honest opinions on that. And we always love it when fans are enjoying this channel. Thank you so much for joining again every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. Get Soto two, two next year, too. Yeah. Lazardo would be a great addition, says Braulio. Yeah, how about that? Lazardo and a Rose Arena. That would be quite a haul. If you could get both of them, that would take quite a few of your prospects. Low grade says, thing is, we're in win-now mode. Do we trust the young guys to actually win? Like, do they have the confidence to win? I would say Bobby Miller, no doubt, has the confidence. James Outman definitely has the confidence. And I think Emmett Sheehan's going to be in a role that is going to allow him the, the Dodgers to control the environments he's in, okay? And then, again, I think your your playoff rotation is going to be a four-man. I think your playoff rotation right now is Yamamoto. I think Glass now gets the ball for a game one. Glass now, Yamamoto, Miller, and Bueller. I think all four of those guys have confidence. You bring Emmett Sheehan in a spot that, that he can succeed. Michael Grove gained a lot of confidence in the playoffs last year with the way he pitched. And Kyle Hurt, when Kyle Hurt is on, he has more confidence than anybody in the world. With Kyle Hurd, it's not about it's not about the, the the situation he's in. It's about how he's pitching that night. And when he's on, nobody is better. So yes, I would say for the roles that the, that the, those type of guys are going to be in, 
I would say that they will be just fine in terms of their con uh, their confidence, but that is absolutely a valid concern and a wonderful comment. So, hey, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Okay, so as we continue on here, Dodgers fan for life. Thank you so much for joining Dodgers fan. And, and you know, another wonderful uh, fan that we have here that thank you so much for joining. Give Soto 15 500 next year. Yep. Hello World says, what type of package do you think it would take to get a Rosarina? Yeah, a Rosarina is going to take Frasso and Knack or or Sheehan and Knack or Frasso and Hurt or Sheehan and Hurt. It's going to take two of those four. Then it's going to take Diego Cartaya, then probably somebody like Tyrone Lorenzo at the lower levels, a very high prospect at the lower levels. It's going to take something like that to get a Rosarina, which I personally think is worth it because I think that gives everybody the path that they, they need for major league innings. It gives the Dodgers the left fielder, the all-star type left fielder they need. I think the Dodgers, that puts them over the top because then you go get a, a Lucas Giolito type pitcher. You have every single issue you might have sewn up, and I think that gives you the best chance to reel off multiple world championships here in the near future. Okay, so again, the, the, it, when you get a comment like like we're getting from Ray and some of these comments, okay, please ignore them. I'm going to remove, when I get a chance, I will just go ahead and ban people that comment like that, but please don't respond. Just I will, When I get to it, I, I will delete those messages if you just don't respond. Usually people don't continue on with that. First time here, great show, World Series bound, go Dodgers. Angel not Navarrete, I think that's how you said Navarrete. Okay, thank you so much for joining, and thank you so much for your wonderful comments. I'm so glad that you found this channel. We are on three times a week, Sunday and, and Wednesday and Friday. Then during the, the season, we'll have five days a week. We have tons of prospect coverage. Thank you so much for joining, and thank you so much for taking the time of complimenting this channel, and I am so excited that you like the content. Thank you so much. Okay, so we talked about the – okay, yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> okay, I'm going to remove that comment too. All right, Paul, throwing Gonsolin, Bush, Cartaya, Frasso, and a draft pick, Tampa Bay would say no to that. Uh, I, I don't know if Paul's saying they wouldn't say no to that or if they would say no to that. Gonsolin, Bush, Cartaya, Frasso, and a draft pick. That's what Paul's saying. Hey, if you don't mind, clear that up, Paul. Are you saying they would take that or they wouldn't take that? Oh, no, he said, okay, next comment. I guess I should keep reading. He says, who would say no to that trade? Yeah, there you go. So there's your trade package, and I think that – hey, you're looking at Gonsolin, Bush, Cartaya, Frasso, and a draft pick. I would do it. I, I personally would do it, and nobody loves the prospects more than I do. I think the Dodgers are in win-now mode. They give That gives you a win-now type left fielder. It gives Frasso the path that he needs. It gives Bush the path he needs. Cartaya the path he needs. Tampa Bay needs a catcher. And then Gonsolin, he's not going to give you anything next year. And then who knows what he's going to give you beyond that. So that is, be it, believe it or not, being the prospect guy that I am, I would do that trade in a heartbeat for Randy Arena. I know the Dodgers don't want to, to part ways with Nick Frasso. I don't either, but you got River Ryan behind that. You have Landon Knack. You have Kyle Hurt. You have Ben Kasparis. You have the lefty crop coming up. You have Jan Castro. You have all these guys. And plus, you already have your five starters, and then you can still go get another starter in free agency. That's why you should do that, in my opinion, for a Randy Arose Arena. Okay, so how many years of control on Randy's contract? Three. That's why he's so expensive. 
That's <clears throat> one of the reasons why Randy Rosarina is so pricey because he would be controllable for three years. That's that that the control is worth money, no doubt about it. When when you have that much control for uh, you know towards when you're that good, and then the team's also going to have control of your contract for for that many years, then then that's why it takes that much to get a guy like a Rosarina. I think they'll get the closer from the Guardians. Yeah, that would be class A. That would be fantastic. I heard from Rays fans that Rosarina struggled the last three months of the year. Wouldn't doubt that, Benji. There's all sorts of parts of the year. I think if you looked at uh, different parts of the year for Will Smith or those guys, everybody struggles from time to time. I think the culture and the environment he would come to with the Dodgers would make him a better player instantly. I think Randy, hey, I have been in the dugout multiple times with the Rose Arena when he came through with the dot. The, the, he was in the Padres system, and he was in the dugout when I was on the, the grounds crew for Oklahoma City. This guy would fit the Dodgers culture to a T. He's, he's joking around. He's having a great time. He is loose. He's a wonderful young man. He's a great teammate. I've seen it with my own eyes multiple occasions, but yet when it comes down to do his work, he is all business. Randy Rosarina would be a home run with the Dodgers. A home run. I am totally convinced of that. I I I I I love Randy Rosarina and I would do what it takes to get him, no doubt about that. Okay, I think I might have deleted a comment by accident. And I was trying to delete one. I think I'd leave the other. So if I delete one of your comments by accident, it's not because I meant to. It's because there is one poster on here, obviously, that I'm trying to delete as many other comments as you can. Do you think Kershaw will be back? I definitely do. Jay Smooth, thank you so much for joining. I've mentioned a couple times the legacy part of it, the role part of it. I think it all fits what the Dodgers can offer him. Thanks for streaming. We can't get enough Dodgers updates. No doubt about that, Andres. Andres Fonseca, thank you so much for joining. Hope you come back each Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. You will never experience Ebbets Field. Yeah, Ebbets Field is one. Matter of fact, the, the AAA stadium in Oklahoma City's Bricktown Ballpark, it was built in the 90s, and all those 90s ballparks were patterned after the fields like Ebbets Field. So if you look at, at, at the AAA facility, Bricktown Ballpark, it kind of has resemblance of – Ebbets Field, it's a really cool place. I, I love the Bricktown Ballpark. Okay, so Low Gray, who is your favorite Dodger of all time? Mine is Kirk Gibson. He is the reason I am a Dodgers fan. Grew up in Oklahoma when he hit the home run in 1988, hobbling up to home plate. I was hooked right at that very second. Okay, so Denard2010 says Dodgers need to make room for Yamamoto. On the 40-man, what move? We talked about that earlier. There's two things you can do. You can either go the DFA route. If it's a DFA route, I would expect that person to be Brian Hudson. Or you can trade, and if you trade, it has to be a two-for-one, which is why I think the Dodgers are going to trade for an outfielder, and that outfield trade is going to be what clears that 40-man spot. I think they're going to try to go the trade out like they've I've said that this entire offseason. Have not been wrong there yet. The Dodgers are clearing 40-man spots via trade, not the DFA route. I think they're going to go that route again, so stay tuned. I think now that the Yamamoto domino has fallen, I think things are going to roll pretty, pretty quick. Low grade says, probably Bush. Yep. Okay, Paul says the Rosarina would have to ask for a trade in order to be traded. Same with Trout. I think that's the Otani effect. 
I think almost everybody's going to want to be a part of this Dodgers team. Dodgers getting Sasaki, too, when he comes over. Hurst, for real, thank you so much for joining. I certainly appreciate you coming on. This is a wonderful crowd we've had tonight. Kick the tires on Luis Robert. Hey, Luis Robert is the most dynamic outfielder in terms of home runs and stolen bases in the major leagues, except everybody not named Ronald Acuna Jr. He is the second most, I should say, dynamic outfielder in terms of a combination of a home run hitter and base stealer, and it's not close. Luis Robert is an awesome, awesome baseball player. Matter of fact, the only reason I know all the details on him, Johnny DeLuca, if you look at the the outfielder the Dodgers got rid of, if you look at DeLuca's minor league numbers, they are almost identical to Luis Robert's major league numbers. So in essence, Johnny DeLuca has been the minor league version of Luis Roberts, and I can tell you how good Johnny DeLuca has been at the minor league level. So yeah, Luis Robert, he would be an absolute, absolute slam dunk home run for the Dodgers. He is absolutely an unbelievably awesome player. So yeah, kick the tires on Luis Robert. Great comment there, Life Journey. That would be just absolutely awesome. Okay, Ray says he's stuck with the Mets. Yeah, Keith Connell, Teoscar might end up being the guy. But, yeah, he has some holes in his offensive game. We'll see. I mean, to me, is Teoscar an upgrade from Chris Taylor? We'll see. I'm not exactly sold on that, but but we will see. Okay, Robert is always hurt. Yeah, Louis, yeah. Now, that part of it, I don't follow it as closely, so I'll, uh, you would know more about that than I would, Keith. So that's a good point there. Thank you for bringing that up. I think the Braves will get Cease. I do, too, because he's from that area. I've heard that from more than one person that would know. I heard about a month ago that it was pretty definite he was going to the Braves. Then that cooled down. But usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Typically speaking, whenever you hear stuff like that and it cools down, that just means that they're using that time as leverage. So I would totally agree. I, I would give I would give the largest odds to cease becoming a Brave, no doubt about that. Dodgers get Robert Jr., what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, if the Dodgers got Luis Robert, I, I I would have a celebration almost like when they got Shohei Otani. That dude is absolutely awesome. He, he is a – okay, I've talked about wanting dynamic offensive players. He is that dynamic type offensive player. Can we talk about the real winners of free agency spectrum and Frank McCourt? Oh, boy, no doubt about it. Hey, that is one downfall. That's another reason why I love minor league baseball. It's $11 to get in the game. For 20 bucks, you can have a hell of a good time watching great talent and guys that are going to be the future. So, yeah, one of the downfalls of this is that is that it's going to be very expensive to be a Dodgers fan. Jay says, Casey, thoughts on Oklahoma City renaming the team? I like the idea. Of thing. Okay, first of all, when they built the Bricktown Ballpark in 1997, opened it in 98, they had forever been the 89ers. Okay, and in 1889 was the first land run where they gave away all the land to the settlers. You know, they took the land away from the Indians. Long story short, so there's a historic significance to the number 1889. So forever, Oklahoma City had been the 89ers. As a matter of fact, Jack Dreyer, the pitcher for the high A Great Lakes, his dad, Steve Dreyer, played on the last Oklahoma City team in the 90s to win the PCL championship. That was with Juan Gonzalez, you remember Pudge Rodriguez, Rusty Greer, that entire group. Steve Dreyer played with them with the 89ers at the All All Sports Stadium at the fairgrounds in Oklahoma City. When they went away from the 89ers, 
They did it because they moved to the Bricktown ballpark. They wanted to rebrand with the new ballpark. They rebranded with a name called the Red Hawks. It didn't stick. And so we were the Oklahoma City is the Red Hawks until the Dodgers came into town. They didn't know exactly what they wanted to do. They're like, we don't really know what name to have. Let's just name it the Dodgers. Might as well. I can tell you for a fact, Jay, if you rebranded this AAA team to the 89ers, Oklahoma City fans would go wild. The same reason why Tulsa demanded to keep the name Drillers. Oklahoma City fans care more about the 89ers brand than they do the L.A. Dodgers. I assure you of that. They need to go back to the 89ers. That's the easiest choice of absolute all time. And it wasn't the AAA team. It wasn't necessarily their decision to rebrand the name, so I'll just leave it at that. Okay, we have about two minutes left. I am going to browse through some of these comments. We have had just a – yeah, I agree, Paul. Roberts Jr. is a game changer. Okay, Fernando, if the Dodgers can't trade for Randy, who is available? Anthony Santander – I think he is the next guy that you look at. I think he is the very first phone call that you make. I think Lane Thomas would be another guy. You call up the Nats and you see what package it would take to get him. Okay, and Keith said, I'd rather have Teoscar if forced to choose. Okay, uh, let's see. I'd give Vargas a shot, says Keith. Lowgrade says, have you, been on the, have you been to Chavez Ravine? I would imagine he's having a conversation with somebody else. I think Vargas is going to turn out fine if he gets more at-bats. I agree, Keith. I just don't think it's going to be with the Dodgers. I think he needs to get moved and get his bat somewhere else. Okay, so, um, all right, spring training at Camelback Ranch will be electric this coming. Yes, and I hope, Paul, that they give access like they normally do. I hope one of the the drawbacks of of signing Otani is that they don't restrict access. That's maybe the greatest thing about spring training is that you can get access to these players like I get to them in AAA and AA. So I hope they don't restrict access just because of Shohei Otani. I saw the boys of summer at Ebbets Field. Says, Gabby, good evening, Gabby. Thank you so much for joining. Come back every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Take Francisco Lindor from the Mets. He was a monster in PO. Okay, so I think we got through all the comments. This has been a wonderful show. I want to thank Cody Snavely of, again, Dodgers Beat, the Bleed Lows podcast, and of the Diamond Club for joining our show tonight. I want to thank everybody in the lobby. This has been a great, great fun chat for the Dodgers. Again, the next time you see me will be Sunday sometime. Stay loose. Not sure it'll be at nighttime. We may do it in the afternoon because of it being Christmas Eve, or we may not do it at all. Stay loose if you get a notification. I'll put it out on social media. you get a notification on YouTube. So stay loose. I would imagine we will have a Sunday show, but stay loose for that. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Casey Porter, and go Dodgers.